podcast is recording. That is a very important step. Podcast is live. Oh, wait, no, I got to go. I'm really bad. I thought I already hit it. I could have swore I did, but I didn't. All right. Okay, so then <laughs> move this up here. Bring your stupid face up. And then I'm going to do, uh, do this thing. All right. It's the internet, you're busy, let's do this. Welcome to the Games Beat Decides podcast. This is the podcast where we decide everything happening in the world of video games so you don't have to think for yourself. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. With me is... It's me, Mike Minotti. He's here, I'm here, we're back from E3. We didn't survive, I believe we are both ghosts. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's a, I didn't know we were ghosts, now that's great. It's a very special episode of the Game Speed Decides <laughs> oh, podcast this week. Finally. Yeah, we're going to really, uh, we're going to get in there. We're going to discuss death with children. I think that's <laughs> Jesus. What, yeah. Man, we're going <laughs> to tell them, we're going to tell, we're going to get real. That's I'm not excited about this anymore. Never mind. <laughs> uh, in today's episode, we will go over some news. We got the, the NPD numbers, uh, basically last night but really it was very early this morning um and then we're going to talk about some games first up but uh before we get into any of that i want to thank everybody for joining us you can get more from me and mike at gamesbeat.com uh, if you have something you want to share with us you can email the podcast at games plus podcast at venturebeat.com that's the plus sign or you can hit us up on twitter at gamesbeat or at gb decides for the podcast itself if you're watching this on Facebook, YouTube, uh, you can subscribe to an audio version of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. Finally, if you like the show, even if you don't like Mike, you can rate us on Apple yes. Podcasts. Yeah, I mean, who would? Who could? <laughs> who could? <laughs> uh, it really helps the show grow if you give us a, a good rating on there. Um, Mike. Yo. How you feeling? I feel pretty good. I, was, I had a lot of fun at E3 this year. I did too. It was a good one. You... Uh, I, I could tell you were still having a good time. I was having a good time. It was a pretty successful E three overall, I would say. Yeah. Um. We uh we got out of there in one piece. We're not actually ghosts. I lied to our listeners <laughs> up front. I feel bad about that, but you know. Well, you're a liar, so it's okay. Um. And, and now that we're a little bit away from it, I how are you feeling about it? Like, I mean, do, are you reflecting on anything differently than you were on like the last day? No, because yeah, like. We were talking about before we trying to figure out like what was like the the the, the takeaway from this E three and I think I have a lot of small takeaways about like specific games looking good or maybe even specific companies like like Capcom like being really good but yeah I still don't have like this one big takeaway except that hey video games seem pretty fun right now a lot of good ones are coming out for a while so yeah I think like that's we're right. in good shape. It's like a lot of really good games. I mean, like there's some like like smaller stuff, like businessy stuff. Like yeah, everyone got up on stage and said, "Hey, we're not gonna have loot boxes," yeah. you know. And then in the loot box backflash, right? Yeah. In parentheses, it says anymore. Uh, but it's like yeah. So there was stuff like that. Uh, but you're right. It was just games are like really hitting hitting on every single cylinder right now. Um, and it. it you know, I, I wasn't super happy that I didn't get to play games like Cyberpunk or Dying Light 2, but I think those both look real and they are going to deliver in the end. Um, but everything I did get my hands on, for the most part, was really impressive. So yeah, I, I think that's kind of is the general takeaway. It's like games are going to continue being really good for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Um, and that's exciting. Uh, but uh, getting away from the future, speaking of the present, what have you been playing, Mike? Well, I've been kind of diving into that Sega Genesis collection that came out for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Right. This is the same thing that was like on PC in a weird Kinda, way, right? Yeah. Like okay. I, I almost don't quite follow it myself. Yeah. Like the specific is kind of that Sega Forever branding thing and kind of right. not. Yeah, it's hard to keep track of, but yeah, it, it's similar. But like the weird thing about this collection is it has, it has kind of a lot of games I 
either never played or never heard of, uh, or, like, really know anything about, like, Bonanza Brothers. Uh, are these a lot of, like, their arcade games, the Sega arcade no, games that never came out here? No, not really. These are just kind of weird games. Like, so the one I played a bit of is called, and I think I've heard of this game, but I never played it, is, uh, I keep trying to call it After Oasis. It's Beyond Oasis. Right. I've heard just, of that, but I've never Yeah, it's like a Zelda that. clone, right? And, like, I never right. played this game. I'm like, this is weird. This is whole like Zelda type game for the Genesis that I never played, and now I'm playing it, huh. and it's you know it's pretty good. It's not Zelda, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. What was I? Did, uh, this is an aside. Have you ever played the Mega Man's for Genesis? No, uh, no. I've seen speedruns of it, but it, like they never came out here except for the Sega Channel, right? Right. The, uh, yeah. And it was one game. It was the Wily Wars, and it was like Genesis remakes of one, two, and three. Uh, and kind of like once you beat those, you unlock this kind of like new campaign with some like new levels and bosses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I never, uh, never yeah, was I, really a player. I would, I'm weird sure I would like to. I, yeah, I, I bet you would be like very frustrated at first, but you'd probably get into it eventually because I, I guess the timing's off. So you'd probably beat. It's, yeah, it's a little different, right? It, one of the weird things about it is like the Genesis remixes of all of, like those songs, like they redid the entire soundtrack with the Genesis chip, which is like. Yeah. A very unique chip, sometimes a bad chip. If you're not like, if you're not Sega using it to make like Sonic the Hedgehog or like Streets of Rage songs, like a lot of times that chip is kind of bad. Mm-hmm. But it made a lot of bad music with that chip. Uh, but there was so there was people that knew how to use it, use it, and they got some really good results from yeah. it. And, you know, Sega was mostly mostly that. So yeah, so I mean, how, how is this overall? Like when you are playing these old games, are they? Does it feel like the emulation's all working? And, it seems and like it works. I, I feel like there might be a little bit of it, like that input lag stuff with the whole right. you know wireless controller and everything. But, yeah, uh, playing on a CRT and stuff like that. Yeah, right, exactly. But you know, it seems uh, it, it, the thing I really am enjoying about it, though is kind of like these weird games on it that I've never played before. Right, like. Normally, I kind of just expect to see all the, you know, the Genesis games that everyone knows, right? And you've played, like, you know, I'm not going to play Sonic the Hedgehog on this thing for the 50th time quite yet. Yeah, uh, give, it, but, give it some time. You will, but not Yeah, yet. I will. But yeah, right now it's like, oh, what the heck is this thing? And you put it in there and fun. But the menus are really cool because it, like, takes place in a 90s kid's, like, bedroom. Mm-hmm. And, like, you literally, like, have, like, a shelf of the cartridges, like, in their boxes, and you, like, put them into a CRTV. Huh. So that's, that stuff's real neat. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, 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 this is coming out for Switch, right? It's just not yet. Uh, I don't know, actually. I, I, there, there is like I, a bunch of like classic game collections got announced for Switch. I know there's one that's like from SNK. I think SNK. Yeah, SNK is doing one, and that's like got a lot of their weird arcade games on it. But uh, I, I thought the Sega one got announced toward as well. Maybe I don't know. I'm looking. I'm looking at. I, Oh, I think it is, maybe, yeah. Okay, yeah, that, sure. I'll definitely pick it up when that happens then. That's, that, yeah, that would be a pretty cool place for it. And it kind of, like, you know, we, we, we kind of complain about, you know, no, uh, you know, virtual console. But, like, a lot, it seems like a lot of these things are kind of coming just, like, in their own way now. Like, like Genesis games used to just come through of the virtual console, and not saying you can just release it on their own. Exactly, even have yeah. To, yeah. you know, or a lot of things are like that from these companies, right? Right, I mean, like the Street Fighter collection, it was like, yeah, you could have bought all those games piecemeal through Nintendo's weird emulator that was, it was okay, but it wasn't the best, and now Capcom can just have Digital Ocean, or I think that's the right d- developer's name, um, go and do like a really awesome curated process of like putting all the art together, putting all the games together, making sure the emulation's perfect, and then putting it all on one disc or one cart, or you know, or, or in a digital download for forty dollars, and it's like, okay, that's you know what, that, that actually is better, especially now that I would get those games digitally. Right. So when, back in the day when you were buying the, the arcade collections or whatever, and you were getting them on a disc, 
keeping them in the machine was kind of weird, but like now that if I, if I have them digitally, I'm like, I'll just boot it up every once in a while when I'm, when I'm traveling and I have a little bit of time and I want to, I don't feel like playing what I've been playing recently. So yeah, this, I, I think kind of going back to this method could work as long as Nintendo um, kind of does something like that itself. That's if we get thing, like a good like Mario Nintendo, collection. There's still the Nintendo games, right? right? And yeah, the, that, that is kind of the thing is I, and the weird thing is I almost don't want that virtual console like piecemeal thing anymore right. like I want to be like you know just make a Mario collection and a Metroid collection as other thing or you know just an SNES collection or something I don't know right exactly and we'll, we'll buy those and we'll oh, still yeah. get and we'll still get the subscription service thing uh, that comes with a few games here and there like we'll, we'll do both so yeah, uh, hopefully that's what they're considering. I think I think they're going to see that how, like how well games are selling and realizing that they could just kind of put stuff out like that and do really well. But we'll see. But you're right. I don't want the piecemeal thing anymore either. Um, okay, so uh, like anything inside the collection that you've been spending like a lot of time. The with? one I spent the most time with is Toji Mineral Two. So which... I, was, I, I started reading your your retro thing this week, and I was like, okay, I still like I said, I still have the tab open. I think I told you that earlier. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I'm like. I'm definitely someone who enjoyed the first Toji Mineral when I went over to my friend's house and played it for a little bit with them. Uh, I never touched the second one. So what's I up? I kind of always like the second one more. Okay, it, yeah. Yeah, the, the weird thing about it is like it seems like a sellout, right? Because the first game is this weird roguelike top-down, right. randomly generated levels. The second one is a 2D side-scroller. Right. But it's a real weird 2D side score <laughs> where it's like you're playing a hide-and-seek. You're trying to capture these humans in jars, and they're hiding in bushes. It's still non-linear. It's still, like, real weird. It still has that whole sci-fi rapper funk aesthetic thing that is just absolutely crazy and awesome. Uh, yeah, I just... like The game is just so weird and, and wonderful. Even though it's, like, a little janky, it's so worth playing. Yeah, I, I um, I, I didn't even realize it was a platformer until you like kind of well, I, I knew, I think I knew at one point, and then that just reminded me, and I'm like seeing the art in my head. Uh, but I mean, you, you think it's like really underappreciated, like people like don't ever talk about this Toad. So it's interesting when it first came out, it, like got good reviews and everything, right? People liked it, but its reputation kind of soured to this sellout thing. Part of it was because like we learned that the developers were making like a more traditional toe gym in, in Earl two. That was going to be like the first one to say, it's like, no, we don't really want to do this. We can't market it. The first game didn't sell that great. It was more of a cult game, right? Like sales kind of crept up slowly on it. Uh, so then when they made it a platformer, the, the Sega, I mean, was a lot more into it and it was an easier thing to market. And it actually did sell really well. I'm pretty sure it sold better than the first game, but yeah, like it's reputation has kind of turned into this like sellout thing, which I, I don't really think is fair. It's still, such a unique game, uh, really fun game, and it's just still like it, it's great. It's one of those games that's cool for me to go back to now because I can be better at it now that I'm an adult. Right, I've played a lot more games that I can have kind of some patience for it and stuff. Right, that that makes a big difference on a lot of those games. It's like it, they were a bit too hard or a bit too obtuse, and it's like yeah, you can figure them out a lot quicker now, and, and the whole internet's there to like look everything up, so right. that helps. Um. With uh, with Toji and Earl, did you ever play any of the like the later games? I think there was at least one more, right? Like on Xbox. There was one or on Xbox. It was going to be a Dreamcast game turned to a right. weird Xbox game, and uh, yeah, it's it's kind of weird. It's kind of it's a bit more like the first one again. It's just a little strange. It's kind of ugly. Mm -hmm. The coolest thing about that game is like there's the character select screen. It's Toji and Earl, and there's this new character. Uh, I, I can't remember her name, but uh, like when you go to select them all, they each kind of have like their introduction raps. I kind of, especially back like in the Xbox era, I thought that was like kind of neat. Mm -hmm. 
Like, hey, I'm Big Earl, and this is what I do, right? I'm like, oh, okay. My yeah, characters rap on their intro screens. So that makes me wonder, is is Toe Jam and Earl the Donkey Kong of the Sega universe? Because Donkey Kong is very much into rapping as well. That's my only connection there. <laughs> now, and they're I not, mean, and they're not Sonic and or Mario. The closest thing to me was Vector Man, right? Because that was that was the right, actual yeah. response to it, just it was, graphically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sega's relationship with Toe Jam and Earl is weird because they don't actually own it. Like that guy does; he's making that fourth one that he kickstarted, and Sega's like not really involved. So yeah, that that whole thing is weird. Yeah, Sega not being really involved with like their weird games that people associate with them, like Shinmu as well. That that's always so strange to me. I just don't understand how that kind of thing happened. I mean, I guess maybe Toji Mineral they just didn't own at the time, maybe, and it just got published on their system. But Shinmu, I always thought Sega just owns Shinmu. So how the hell is this guy making a third? Yeah, game? right. No, so, turns out not so much. Yeah. Um, what else you been playing? Uh, well, when I got back from E3, of, of all things, the, the, the game I thought I should probably finally get in, get back to that I started was Wolfenstein 2. <laughs> it's, it's a tradition to, like, play Wolfenstein when you get back from E3. I guess so, right? Yeah. Uh, how are how you feeling? Oh, it's good. It? Oh, it's, it's still great. Like, I was liking it. I just kind of, like, got distracted. But I did, like, I just got to Venus, and I did that whole thing you talked to me about before with Ronald Reagan, and that was great. Yeah, I was at that thing where you had to pick, like, the three body augmentations. I picked the one that made me, like, scrunch my body up and go through. <laughs> okay, like, cool. I, I picked the one that made you, like, very tall. Like, that's what, yeah, that that's one looked fun, one. too. Yeah. I, I am a little, uh, I don't want to say, like, it, it is a bit, like, it just seems like every level has, like, three different entrances oh, based yeah. on one of these things. Oh, like, yeah. It's like, no matter what you picked, you would have found one of these things, and they're all basically in the same room, and you just pick one or the other or the other. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. It's kind of, a, it was disappointing. Yeah, so that's a thing, but... Uh, right. It was it was fun to, after all that, at the end of the game, go back and get all the other ones, so you can have all three at once, um, and then use all of them in combat, and that that was fun, because you go like, I was like, okay, I'm scrunching up and going under a jeep, and then I'm, I'm you know, jumping up, and I'm shooting people from above them and stuff like that, and that, it, it, that worked. That was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, in terms of puzzle, puzzle solving in the environment, it just was not the thing that game did very well. No way. Um, okay. Yeah. So, uh, anything else from, from Wolfenstein? Anything else, Mike? Oh gosh. Uh, no, that's, that's really it. I just kind of finally getting through that and I'm, I'm having fun with it. Yeah. No, I, I, I still love that game a ton. I'm very excited about Youngblood. Um, yeah, that looks yeah. Neat. Yeah. We can um, play that together. Oh yeah. Hooray. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta finish too. Well, I'm doing it. You're pretty close to the end if you're if you have the augment. Um, okay, I've been playing Mario Tennis Aces. Um, yeah, so Is it Aces. Uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I don't I, honestly I don't know. So here's what here's what's going to matter. If the game is laggy, it's a very bad game. Uh, if this if the if I could go online and play with other people, which the servers are live now, I can connect, um, but I can't find a match because no one has the game yet. So. If I can, if I start finding games and there are, are there's a lot of lag in the matches, or like one out of every three matches pretty laggy, um, yeah, this is going to be overall pretty bad game. If the matches are smooth, if they feel like Splatoon Two does, which is why I'm pretty confident it will be fine, then yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna love it. I'm gonna play it for a very long time because the tennis is so solid. It is. So when we talked about this last week or the week before last week, whatever it was, uh, so we don't have to go too deep into it, but uh, the tennis is just, it's, it's it's supreme. They nailed it. They got absolutely everything right. Everything feels good. Uh, you always have an option to get out of a bind. If you're losing, 
you know, the tennis match, you can go for that racket damage stuff, and it all just builds on top of one another and is like inter- inter- interlocked with one another in a way that just feels great. And yeah, and I, I just want to play it forever, like I said. Um, the problem is is on the single player side, which is is not good. It's 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 just a stinky game. Yeah, it's not. It's it feels very cheap. So the way they kind of uh, presented it with the first time they started talking about this game was. I think a little bit of a head fake. They kind of tried to say, hey, we are making one of those RPG sports games that Camelot, the developer of this game, used to do on the Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance. They didn't say that in so many words. They were kind of implying it. They definitely, they heavily implied it. Um, And what that really came down to was the final game has, you know, RPG elements in that you upgrade Mario over the course of the game. Uh, but you're not like exploring a world. It's not. It's not built like one of those Super NES RPGs. Uh, it is just an overworld map where you are going from challenge to challenge. Uh, and if you fail the challenge, you get a little bit of XP. If you get a lot of, uh, if you uh, if you win, you get a lot of XP. Um, and you know your Mario gets you know incrementally better, so these challenges get a little bit easier if you're failing a lot. But then you move to the next thing, and it's pretty much appropriately leveled no matter what. So it kind of doesn't really feel like that big of a deal one way or the other. Uh, it just kind of feels like, you know, if, if you're struggling with one of these things, eventually you'll get through. You'll just brute force your way through because Mario will get so much better. Um, and and you will struggle. Uh, these are, they're just kind of really frustrating challenges where they don't make a lot of sense. They require a lot of really precision uh, hitting with the with the tennis racket where you are placing the ball in a specific point, like on the wall. And that's not, like that is a lot harder to do than to hit the uh, like a specific side on the other side of the court on the ground. Like that's where most of your skill is going to go into this game. You're going to know how to put the ball in the back left corner of of the of the uh, of the of your opponent's side of the court. Uh, but you're not going to know how to hit a moving object that is, you know, wrapping around a thing on the wall unless you build up your meter and get one of the special moves that allows you to precisely aim, which is kind of what you're going to be doing a lot in a lot of these challenges. It's just waiting to build up that meter. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I would get through a lot of these challenges, uh, after trying them over and over again and kind of figuring out exactly what they wanted me to do and like which hit to be hitting at a certain time to get the ball in this certain area. And it just, it's just not fun. It's just the exact opposite of what makes this game so exciting in the multiplayer. Um, and, and without capturing any of the magic that was in those, those old Camelot, um, you know, Mario tennis RPGs. So yeah, I mean, and the, like, there's a, a. Why do you think they wouldn't just kind of do that again with the? Mario? I think. It, well, I mean, I think you could kind of see that in the like, in how they decided to like save a lot of money in, in making this game. Uh, so the story is, uh, it starts with like a little FMV, you know, video um, where you have like Wario and Luigi breaking in on a tennis court, and they're obvi- obviously I mean, starting with Wario Luigi is such a strong start. Too. I know, and it's really, really was. I'm like, all right, this is awesome. So it's like starting like really, really cool. Uh, they come in and they're obviously the bad guys, but they're possessed by this evil tennis racket, and it's like, okay, yeah, I'm ready. And then the rest of it is just you know the two talking heads. Like you go to a ne- you go to the next challenge on the overworld map, you click on it. You know Mario and like maybe like one of his like sidekicks are over here talking about something. Like him and Toad are over here, and then there's text bubbles where Toad talks for you. And then there's some weird other like there might be a boo or there might be like some weird mirror thing talking on the other side, and they just have text bubbles. And the writing's like okay, but it's not Nintendo great. Um, and and yeah, and that's it. That's like the whole thing. It's not. 
it's never more than that. So it's like, it's very cheap feeling. It feels like they'd really cut back on the budget for making this, which would probably have limited their ability to make an, uh, an RPG for a, an HD sports tennis game that they would have been okay with. Like, so yeah, uh, I think that's, I think that's the main reason it's probably just too expensive. Nuts. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that said though, like I said, if, if I get into a lot of these matches here pretty soon, I think it's going to be coming out, uh, tonight, later tonight. So I started getting into a lot of matches and it plays well. Um, this is going to be a game that I'm, I'm going to play for the rest of the year for sure. Um, so it's just going to, it's all going to depend on that. And if it does, uh, I'm going to score it very high and I'm going to recommend it to people as long as they know that they want the multiplayer and not the single player. So, yeah. I, I uh, imagine most people, that is what they want anyways. Like, yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think, I think that's probably Nintendo probably knows that. And that's why it doesn't put too much in the single player. I just think they could really hit a home run if they would make one of those again. Um, it, you know, and, it, and that was good. And the online multiplayer, like it would just be the complete package and it would be something for everybody. But, you know, this is what we're getting. And, you know, there, there's still potential here. So we'll see. Um, that is kind of all I've been playing, though, because uh, uh, busy catching up writing stuff for E3. And we had to get that review out, review in progress. Uh, so, yeah, kind of just been playing Mario Tennis. Crack the whip on you. Make sure you get your work. That's right. You're down my, huh, okay. Like, sorry, reviews editor master. Where's my Mario tennis? Review? <laughs> oh, there's not gonna be a score because the online's not up. Ooh, that's a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't hit me again. <laughs> um, that's all though. So, all right, we, NPD came out last night. Why don't we talk about that, Mike? Yeah, NPDs are always fun, huh? Yeah, they are. Um, yeah, were we always like people's go-to for NPDs? Because it seems like we we are. Nice. We, we have been for the, like the last couple of years. I mean, I think a lot of people just stopped. I think a lot of people stopped understanding how it was useful. And I think we kind of always understood. It's like, yeah, it seems like a lot of people stopped covering them as much. Now. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, a lot of sites, it doesn't make sense for the way they cover it, but there's a lot of sites that probably should and who don't. Uh, Cause I think they just are like, Oh, they don't give numbers anymore. So it's useless. And it's like, well, it's not useless. That's for sure. Um, uh, there, and there's a reason that c- companies pay for this data, uh, data. Uh, Cause it is the most accurate out there, at least for the United States. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's go ahead and hop into this. Uh, I guess as a reminder, since we were talking about MPD now collects both physical and digital sales, um, the digital sales are only from participating publishers and like developers. It's got most of the major ones, but there's a few like, no, like I think Nintendo doesn't give their first party sales on, on switch, uh, and 3ds or whatever. So, uh, like there'll be gaps in the data data, but they, uh, MP doesn't try to extrapolate. It doesn't try to like put things through a, a an algorithm to figure out how much it would have sold. If we did have the numbers, it just sort of leaves that out and says, look, we don't have those. Here's how it is without those numbers included. Just keep that in mind. So, um, okay. So let's get into this. I think we don't have to go through this entire top 20, but me and Mike, but we'll both have it right here in front of us in case we need to reference it. I will say that the top selling game was state of decay Two. I'm a little surprised. I, I am too. Uh, I mean, I, like here, like, let's actually do like the big overarching quote here from Matt Piscatello, who's the MPD analyst. Um, let's see, where was it? Uh, hardware spent. I, you know what? I might not have included here. I, essentially, sales were up 13% overall, and that includes both like software and hardware and game cards 
and game pads and stuff like that. Software was down a little bit year over year. I can't remember what came out in May last year, though. Um, I, I could have looked that up. But um, I, the big thing that we didn't get this year that May had was Injustice Two, and that's why oh, software's okay. down. So ha ha. Yeah. Yeah, well done. Yeah, Injustice, Injustice Two is it was a huge seller last year too. Uh, those games kept getting better and bigger and bigger in terms of their sales, uh, and it was. It, I think it finished as like one of the top ten, maybe the, one of the top five best selling games of last year. So that was huge. It was a big game. Yes, um, we didn't have anything like that this May. What what we did have was uh, State of Decay Two and Detroit Become Human, um, and Detroit Become Human. Uh, I would I would expect to outsell State of Decay Two. But that that wasn't the case. I, I think I would. I mean, well, let's put it this way. Yes. Well, here's. I mean, it was the best selling Quantic Dream game in the in like its opening month ever. Uh, it was. It sold twenty percent faster than Heavy Rain. So it's like okay. Uh, it, well, first of all, I mean, PlayStation Four just has these are both exclusive console games. I guess State of K Two is on PC as well, and those sales are included. Uh, but even so, I I think I would just expect something that has as many systems as PlayStation Four. To you know, maybe move a little bit more, but I guess it's not. I'm not saying it has to like be number yeah, one. Yeah, it yeah. was number three behind God of War 2018 as well. So yeah, it's hard to say. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it did good. I mean, the Quantic Dreams aren't necessarily giant sellers, but like these things, like no, it's weird because they they, they they're they're big budget ish looking. They look real good, right? But they aren't like they're not gonna move as much as like a any other Sony exclusive. Really, it seems like. Right? Yeah, I yes, I mean, it's, I think it's. I, I think it's still in like the upper tiers. Of it's upper game. niche, you know. Okay, yeah. niche might not even be the word, but you know what I mean. The audience yeah, isn't quite yeah. as big as as uh, open world zombie game or whatever. State of it, it's not a game. It's open world. State it's a of, yeah, it, it is a zombie game, but it's like a system, like a systemic sort of thing. Not, a, I mean, it is open world, but it's not like a. It's not a what you call a game. You came up with the term a little bit ago. Map game. game. Map game. Yeah, it's not one of those. Um, so yeah, I, I honestly, State of Decay Two is also very niche, but it is a zombie game, and those zombie games. Just it is also them out. like the first notable Microsoft exclusive in a while. So if you have exactly. Xbox One, <laughs> I, it like, seems like yeah, it seems like that's kind of what maybe what happened here is like people were just like, hey, this is the first thing since Pirates, we're gonna go pick this up. But I mean, so this this chart first of all is arranged by dollar sales. So. That's a $40 game in State of Decay 2. I think they have a $50 version, but most people are going to buy the $40 it's game. It's a $40 game, and it's also available in Game Pass, and it seems like right. none of that hurt. Game Pass, yeah. Game Pass, you just get it without having to pay for it, uh, anything like additional other than your subscription, and that number isn't included in this list. So that's, that's pretty impressive. That's kind of like a, a really good showing for State of Decay 2. I think more like more than anything, it's what you were saying is, is people on Xbox are just ready to buy these games if Microsoft would make them. Mm-hmm. So, and, I mean... When you look at this whole list, like the big takeaway is just how important exclusives are in general. Yeah. So many of these games are exclusives, right? So we, we do have the top twenty here. I think like let, let's actually try to like name some of these exclusives. So we had State of Decay two, God of War, uh, Detroit Become Human. That's the top three. Uh, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze uh, for Switch. That's number five. Uh, a really good showing for that. Doesn't include digital, by the way. Um, and then let's see, Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition at seven. Mario Kart at 9, uh, Super Mario Odyssey at 13, Zelda at, tw- at 14. Um, yeah, and then it's, uh, but, man, I guess PUBG would count as a console exclusive on Xbox One. Yeah, so that's like that's a ton of games right there on this uh, out of this top 20 that are uh, exclusive to one console or the other. Um, 
So yeah, I think we are just seeing how more and more important these these console exclusives are. And that, I mean, that is a change from like the Xbox 360 era, era where where that was like, okay, we would see some of these games pop, but they would never be they would never make up this much of the list. So yeah, um, definitely a shift back towards that kind of uh, temple content. I, a big part of that is Nintendo is doing really well again. So yeah, yeah that's going to drive it. Um, so yeah, we, we talked about uh, launch month sales for Detroit Become Human. Uh, I guess hardware. So on the hardware side, everything is selling. Honestly, once again, like that's been the story for months. It continues to be the story. Um, uh, sales, I think, overall grew twenty six percent for hardware uh, to one hundred eighty six million dollars. Uh, and Matt Piscatella says that the Xbox One and the PlayStation Four were the big drivers for that year over year growth because the Switch was, of course, still selling as much as it could last May. Uh, it had only been out a couple months. Um, but this was the best May ever for all three of the systems. This is the best May for PlayStation 4 uh, since uh, May 2016. For Xbox One, it's the best one since May 2015. And, of course, only one other May for the Switch, but it did better than last year. So everything is still si- it's still sort of growing. Like uh, I think we have seen months where the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One have done worse than the year before, but the fact that some months are still like kind of like really jumping and going up I think there's a lot of sort of evidence here that maybe these companies aren't going to want to put out new consoles. Uh, I, I was reading some things. Uh, people were thinking like, oh, we're going to get new consoles very soon after that E3. E3 felt like, oh, we're talking about the new consoles even if we're not really talking about them. Did you take that away from anything, Mike? I don't know. I, there's a couple things that people said. Like Microsoft did straight up say at one point, and we're working yeah. on the next... And it was just like a name drop. And they would say that some games were next generation, like... Um, what uh, the Bethesda said that about some games, right? We didn't really know what they meant by that. Right. Elder Scrolls Six, I think. And maybe Starfield. Maybe both. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is next generation. Oh, what, is, what does that mean? Right. It's like a, a new next generation game. And it's just like, yeah, I don't know if they would talk about it, like, in those terms. But, yeah. Still, yeah. There, there is some reason to think these things are coming. But with sales going the way they are for these this hardware, it still it almost, seems a, a yeah, long time Yeah, it almost off. seems like, well, yeah um uh, yeah playstation 4 was the top selling console in may uh as a platform that includes all the different SKUs. but on just a single SKU basis it was once again that switch 32 gigabyte neon model um which made the most money and had the most unit sales so again everyone's just selling consoles like crazy people are people still want these things um likely a, a huge part of this is the Fortnite effect i mean we've seen that uh, in headsets, for example, headset sales grew once again, like they doubled more than doubled year over year from last year. And that's people wanting headsets to play Fortnite. Uh, people probably also going out and buying systems to play Fortnite with their friends. Like after going over and like trying something somewhere or playing on their phone or watching Twitch or something, it definitely seems like that Fortnite effect is pretty, pretty substantial and, and, and pretty you know, far reaching into all aspects of the market. Um, I, not, not too many other takeaways from, uh, MPD. I mean, you can read all about it on gamespeed.com. Read all about it. Still one of our big stories. So if you want to check that out, feel free. All kinds of details in there. Um, anything else here stick out to you, Mike? No, just the exclusive thing is really the, the most interesting thing. I think just, I, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, I mean, and Microsoft talked about that at, at E3 with their like, Oh, we, we have five new studios. So clearly they they see that. Yeah, they know. Everyone knows now, so um, except for Nintendo, who's just like you, just get Smash Brothers, and that's hey, it. That's nice because they get you get you get Pokemans. It's gonna be bad, but you'll get it. 
They, they, they actually have more than that. And they have like Fire Emblem like as soon as the new year starts, right? That's like before March. Did they say that? I, I'm yeah, believing. it'll be not too long next year. I choose yeah, to believe yeah. that's what they said. Yeah. Um, so they have plenty. Um, okay. Yeah. I, okay. So we're going to get to the rest of this. Uh, I, we're we're kind of talking about it already, and this is one I didn't put on our list, but I'm going to just throw this to Mike. Uh, the 4E3, the most talked about thing on Twitter, according to Twitter, was Super Smash Brothers. Uh, does this surprise you at all? No. Smash Brothers is very big. It's a huge deal. And it's fan- the people who like Smash Brothers tend to like it a lot. Right, they're they're like me. They're freaking out about learning that Snake has a new down smash. Right, like all these little details seem like big deals uh, to us. Right, this is why when people are saying the Nintendo Direct for E3 was like momentum killing, it's like oh they had all this momentum and now what do they have? They don't have anything. It's like ah oh, homie, if you were just a Smash fan, you would understand. But just listen to them; they're freaking out. Like they all like. I I always knew this was the case. Like I'm like okay, I'm I'm I don't really feel a need to go check anything out. I know I'm going to play Smash Brothers, but I don't need to play it at E3. Uh, and, and that's disappointed me personally. But there's this is in no way a momentum killer. If anything, the Switch is going to continue to sell better because of what they just did at E3. Because that's how important Smash is. Mm-hmm. So. Right. I see some people like not quite understand this. Like I see some people say, like, "Oh, this isn't even one of their top tier sellers." You can just look at the numbers. It's been a one of the best sellers on all their oh, systems yeah. for some uh, for gamecube it was the best seller on we use a big deal we use a bigger deal for that system right which didn't have kind of much else going for it i mean 3ds it was a huge deal even on there that, that's a platform with plenty of games so yeah, yeah. so yeah smash brothers is a giant card for them to play it was pretty, pretty much the biggest card they had left except for like that actual next gen pokemon game right like that'll be a bigger deal but that's still a little right <clears throat> Um, you're slipping down the frame a little bit, Mike, if you want to try to fix the camera. Oh, um, dang it. Yeah. Get down here, buddy. How's that? I mean, we, we love your forehead a lot. Oh no, that's really good now. Oh, <laughs> oh. It's just I a crap shoot, really. I should have had you do. Yeah. It's, it'll be out of frame in no time. Um, okay. So some other stuff, steam summer sale began. Uh, are you going to buy anything, Mike? No, I don't yeah. think I need anything. I'm like really good on games for these, a little bit. These, like, these, yeah. These steam sales have like gotten less exciting for such a variety of reasons right like part of it is just like we have all these games now right uh the other one's just like it's, it's you know it's just not it's not like it's better that they just have a sale and things are on sale and you know when they're on sale but it's not as much fun as when it was like check back every 10 hours and see what's on sale right now right yeah i mean i that was a big thing that changed like they did that a couple years ago and they apparently it was much more successful they made a, everyone made a lot more money uh, but I, I just, I don't feel the compulsion to go check. Yeah, it's just the, not as much fun, right? And it, like, makes sense. It is a better deal for everyone. Sure. Everyone's making more oh, money, yeah. but it just isn't as much fun. Right, it's not as much of an, an event as it was, so, yeah. Uh, it, were you encouraged not to spend any more money after looking at how much money you've spent on Steam? Did you do that thing? I'm embarrassed to say that I, 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 I just, like, always auto-log in on my, like, the app. And I can't mm-hmm. remember my password oh my, okay. on the okay. actual thing. I've tried every combination and I don't want to change <laughs> my password because that's going to log me out on my right. desktop. So I don't know. I, I can't imagine it's that much for me. It, it's hard to say because I had Steam like right, since Half-Life 2 came out. So since as long as it's been a thing. So it'd be you, an accumulation for a while. Yeah, you're easily in the four digits then, I bet, for sure. I should have figured this thing out. Yeah, no, no worries. But I, I was like eight hundred and sixty-five ish dollars or something like that. Um, that was, I, I, I mean, I thought it could be more, but at the same time, like you know, this is our job. We get a lot of codes for work, uh, and Steam codes are not like 
they're really easy for developers to get a hold of and give out. Uh, so like they're pretty they're pretty liberal with like with those where they don't feel like oh you know we have to save these for people who are really 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 going to need it. So I'll you know like yeah I'll, I'll take a code and I'll play a game for a bit and maybe we'll cover it maybe we won't. Um, you know I try to if we if we get one but you know so I, I end up with a lot of games on Steam. And I've only spent $865. And it feels like only $865 uh, after looking at how much some other people have spent. A lot of people are easily in like four or $5,000. Um, yeah, I, I, Matt, we were talking, Matt Piscatella, the um, analyst for MPD, he showed me his. It was $13,000. Wow. So, yeah. And then you got, you got to think that, so this is all external funds added. So this is money that you have that you've put into Steam one way or the other. Um I think that would include PayPal purchases. That would include, you know, just anything, you know, with your credit cards. And I, I think it would also include Steam cards, maybe. Uh, like if you go out and buy, like, to the gas station and buy a Steam card, I think that would count. Uh, but, you know, it's also going to count, like, if you make a hardware purchase, not just games. Like, if you buy an HTC Vive through Steam, like, that's $800 right there. So, oh. so like, it, it's like any money added into this uh, over time. So, I think that's where a lot of people's money is kind of going at. But... I think the steam sales were a big part of it for everybody too. People would spend a lot of money during these things. And, uh, it's yeah, probably where most people do. There most are probably of some damage. early ones where I did spend. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought, I thought mine would be maybe be a little bit higher, but also I'm like, that's probably about right. Considering that uh, for a long time, I wasn't necessarily playing on steam first when it came to games, just cause my PC was never as good. And, uh, but in recent years I have, and I think most of that damage was done in like, since like 2014 so yeah. i think we're about to find out how much i spent all right i'm excited i'm excited i got a new password wait what's, wait, what's your guess just, just just give it a I guess i bet about like 1200 okay oh man i can't wait to find out if it's like way more there's a second oh i i have to get a special access code keep going i'll get back to you on <laughs> okay this. fair enough no all right yeah um all right well we can maybe let's see what else okay here's when i get to start talking about the minecraft minecraft crossplay trailer trailer so minecraft came out on switch a while ago but it was minecraft nintendo switch edition uh that is different than minecraft bedrock which is the it's not really a codename it's just like what what microsoft and mojang call uh the version of minecraft that uses all the same code base so that they can do crossplay uh and they can you could buy something once on one system on mobile, for example, and then take it with you and use it on Windows 10 or Xbox One and now Nintendo Switch. This also means that people on all these various systems can play together. Uh, and that version of Minecraft hit Nintendo Switch today or no, it was yesterday, I think. Yeah, yesterday. And now Nintendo and Microsoft are out promoting this and they're on Twitter saying, hey, you want to play together. We're going to do crossplay. We have crossplay. And the reason this is a big deal is because Sony very much does not have crossplay. <laughs> they happen to be very against the idea. Wonder um, why. Yeah. And, and it's and if you say it like this, this is why you have to sign into Xbox Live on Nintendo Switch to use Minecraft Bedrock Edition's crossplay features. And OK, so you say that that's pretty strange and weird. And I get why Sony wouldn't want to do that. However, uh, that when it, they apply the same thing to Epic accounts, which is what people used to play Fortnite across stuff, which became the big deal last week, that's when it's like, oh, okay, this no longer makes any sense. Like, why are you being so weird about this? Um, and, and, and then you start thinking, wait, it's actually not that big a deal if it's just like Xbox Live, a free thing. You don't have to pay for it uh, to play multiplayer Minecraft. Why not just let people do that? That seems kind of strange, too. So, it, 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 especially when you see Nintendo embracing it 
as fully as they are. So, yeah. Um, they've been out, but both Microsoft and Nintendo, especially on social media today, have been going back and forth, like, like pretending to be much more chummier than they probably are, <laughs> even though, even though Microsoft is a third party, you know, d- developer for Nintendo, uh, they're just like, Hey, yeah, best buds, let's go frolic and play Minecraft in the field. Uh, <laughs> it's nice how we play this together and are cool. Unlike yeah, exactly. that guy. Yeah. Unlike someone we could mention and they both look, it's no fun watching the camera. people pick on the, the number one person, isn't it? Cause they know what they're doing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, it's very much, I mean, it's, very reminiscent of Sony doing the the game sharing video at E3 2013. Yeah, Adam similar. Adam Boy is saying, "Hey, here's how you lend a lend a game to a friend," and he just hands it to Shu Yoshida, and that's the end of the video. Uh, that was a big deal back then, and now you know they're trying to recapture that magic now against Sony. It definitely feels feels like it's starting to uh, work a little bit, even if it's not going to turn any tides necessarily overnight. Um, all right, did you find out this number? Yes, I did. All right. Okay. What is it? 817. It is oh, not wow, as okay. much as I thought. It's like almost yeah. right the same as yours. Yeah. So I was, uh, I was, uh, I saved a lot by sticking to sales mostly and then trying not to go out and buy every new game, especially when I was like getting a code for another game that I could just go play instead. So that's been my strategy for saving money on Steam. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I, think, I think I, I had a realization pretty early on, like with these. Well, part of it helps that when I was doing Steam shows, I was buying a lot of indie games a lot of time anyway. Right. Then it comes like, I'm not playing these. <laughs> like, right. I'm buying them. I'm not playing them. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think that, that happened. Like, I, I would, I, it feels like, excuse me, it feels like it just happened, but it's been years and years now where I'm like, I'm not going to buy games in a Steam sale unless I know I'm going to play them. Plus, uh, honestly, a lot of the money I'm spending is probably on Blizzard games. I probably have spent more, like, on Battle.net, to be honest. Like, I, I don't want that's, to, that's the number I don't want to see is my right. Method. Easily, you've done that, yeah. I think because I mean, just Hearthstone would add quite a bit, right? Because oh, yeah. you buy all those, well, pack yeah. Things. I mean, like, at least you pre order all the big pack things, yeah. Well, yeah, well, actually, I get those like as a press thing now, but for a while, okay, I yeah, didn't. but like, you know, just yeah, lots. I mean, World of Warcraft subscriptions alone, <laughs> right? Yes, okay, good point. Oh, excuse me. So yeah, that I mean, people there are free to play games on Steam where people could put a lot of money into stuff. So I'm sure that's a big part of it too. But yeah, okay. Um, let's uh, let's keep going with the news. Uh, so I my okay. Both my wife and my dad sent this to me. I don't know what they were trying to say. Uh, oh, this thing. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, and I was like, no, they. I already heard this. This is not a, like this is something that's like weeks old. And it like kept going around. I'm like, okay, what's the difference here? So the World Health Organization. Uh, is going to or has classified gaming disorder as a mental health condition. Um, and this, if this sounds familiar to you like it did to me, it is basically the exact same thing that happened earlier this year, maybe late last year, with the CDC, which is an American health organization, not the World Health Organization. They're like, oh, gaming disorder. It's, you know, that's a thing as well. So uh, it's pretty much the same story. It's just like a, a different organization saying it this time. And as far as I could tell, the, 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 the condition that they are describing is just if you play games to a point where it is hurting your like social life or your job or you help like, or your personal health and all this other stuff, uh, then it's a, a you know, a mental problem. And it's like, okay. I, I mean, like, I, I guess we we could, I mean, we could talk about it for sure, but boy, does this also seem like the Fortnite thing? It's just like, people are like, oh, I've seen all their like friends and family play, play and talk about Fortnite all the time and they don't get it. It's like a lot. Yeah. It's like a lot of people don't, or like like waving this at our faces like ha ha look I told you so like what yeah <laughs> who it's are like, you like, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like okay I mean 
I'm, I think we probably play a pretty healthy amount. I mean, I do a lot of things for like 20 hours a week, right, which I'm is what like, the number getting thrown around a lot by like this story, I guess. Is, be oh, like, 20 Warren, hours you just watched Dawson's Creek for like the 17th time this weekend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like people binge watch stuff on Netflix. So, I mean, and I don't think anyone's saying like, oh, that stuff's fine and games are bad. It's just uh, we don't hear Netflix disorder. Like people talk about binge watching and it's never in the in the. Um, in the context of a mental health. It's like disorder. a fun personality thing. Like, haha, yeah. it's like a no, show. It is. Their personality is. I watch lots of Netflix. That's me. Okay. I, I oh, play okay. a lot of video games. You have a problem. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah. I mean, I guess. I mean, maybe I'm just, maybe it's a, and here's another, another aspect of it is people are like, people who maybe do play video games to a point of, of self-harm, probably have other things that are already listed in the like the world health organization right, like yeah. depression or, this this i don't yeah that's my issue is that i don't think this is going to help anybody that we have this as a classification though. right it's, it's not it's like people are going to go there and they're like now i know exactly what's wrong with you <laughs> you play too many video games it's oh. very dumb the cure is to get a girlfriend and stop being such a <laughs> yeah, dumb right. nerd go yeah go watch dawson's creed <laughs> Did you watch? Did you see what happened to Casey? Is that one of the characters? I've Dawson's never Creek? seen a Dawson's I mean, Creek. I, mean, I don't know who these people are. JC. Um, Why you stop talking De- before I heard De- you? Deborah. I'm trying to think of a Dawson's Creek character. <laughs> I, they sound like Dawson's Creek characters. They do, right? Exactly. Um, sure. See, we're cool. We're cool. Um, yeah. I, this is I, okay. It's dumb. I don't want to. I don't want to dismiss it, but it is dumb. I dismiss right? it. I mean, it's just. I, think, I, I agree that people have problems and that manifests itself into playing too many video games. Right. But this is such, especially the way this is like trending on Facebook, kind of a way. It's right. very yeah. annoying. Exactly. And then, like, like everyone's like mother is just like, oh dear, video games. And it's are like, bad. yeah, we recognize this for what it is because we've been through this so many times. If right. you've been if you've been gaming for any period of time, you've seen it before. It's just people are playing too much Fortnite, and so everyone else, everyone starts freaking out, and we're just having another moral panic. They just they were smart to dress it up as, uh, a, like oh we're going to bring in the World Health Organization uh, to really make sure to give it like a, a sense of you know authenticity this time. But no, it's just another moral panic. That's all. Yeah, it's very dim. Yeah, and so like yeah, I I do want to just kind of throw it out. But hey, if anyone wants to talk about actual mental health and gaming. I'll have that discussion anytime for sure. Um, okay, so moving on. Here's uh, I think just kind of more evidence that that, that like I, people think that this is evidence that the people like th- we aren't going digital, but I think it is. Sixty six percent of console players still prefer physical games over digital, and to me that number seems pretty like it's kind of dwindling. Like at a certain point, it was like especially at the beginning of this generation, numbers were getting thrown around like ten percent, like. 10% of games that are, like, sold are, are digital. Yeah, that's why, again, people are like, look, 60% of games are still physical. I'm like, 40% of games are bought digitally now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. That's how I see that. Yeah, and it's like, and that, that number flipped pretty early in this generation. It started it started at, like, 10, uh, 15% at the end of last generation. And since this one, it's just kind of just steadily worked its way up to 35% of every game sold is digital, uh, if it has both a physical and digital version. Um so yeah, and it's like okay, yeah, clearly, still make a physical game if you can, and that makes sense to you because that is where most people are buying games, and that could continue for a while. But but yeah, digital is here, and it's here in a big way. And I'm I'm all digital, and I'm happy for, like happier for it. I have almost no discs, and I'm yeah, I'm like unintentionally all digital these days. It seems like part of it is just because what we do, we get set codes so often, and right. now that that's happened, I'm like yeah, sure. 
Yeah, exactly. Like my 3DS has like a ton of digital games on it. I'm like, I'm never getting rid of this thing. And it's awesome just to have them all there. And I don't have to like keep everything in a box. I just have to keep the 3DS and its charger. And it's, it should be good for forever. And hopefully I'll be able to transfer things if anything happens to it. Um, and, and it's just nice. That's really nice. And a lot of that happened because Nintendo sent a lot of download codes for review. Um, and now, you know, the same thing's happening with the Switch. I like looked. I think I have like 60 games on that thing already. Um, and it's like, wow, okay, this thing's jam-packed with stuff. Uh, and this is nice. I, I'm, I'm preferring it. And if people, I know, well, I know, I understand the arguments why people do prefer uh, physical. But I think, I think it's just kind of, we're going to reach an equilibrium where it probably will be like maybe 60-40 for digital next generation and as more people or as more companies start offering their netflix like solutions like it sounds like sony might i guess the rumor is uh sony's gonna let start letting people download ps4 games as part of the ps now subscription uh that's gonna really kind of push that number even further towards the digital side so yeah um speaking of sony and like new pricing options and, and stuff like that they have finally announced a playstation like greatest hits lineup for the playstation 4 yeah uh, i never really thought about this but like yeah they haven't done that yet huh? right yeah it's weird it's it, i was the same way it's like huh they haven't done that that's strange you think they would i think uh, nintendo did that on the wii u pretty early i think microsoft has a version of this i'm not sure um but like here is the list of games and they're all 20 dollars. it's uh like bloodborne battlefield 4 doom uh, the Last of Us Remastered, Ratchet and Clank, you know, just th- th- that level of game, um, and especially if there's Sony first party from like 2013, 2014, and 2015. Yeah, the weird one to me is like Infamous Second Son. That was like a launch game. Right? Yeah, kind of right. weird that, that costs as much as like Uncharted Four to me. Yeah, I bet you could find that for like ten bucks <laughs> used, like for sure. Like yeah, but like Yakuza Zero, that's a pretty good one. That's pretty good, and Yakuza Kill Kill Kill. Yeah, yeah, Kwame. But then, like, there are like third-party games as well. Metal, Metal Gear Solid Five, and like I mentioned, Doom, Battlefield Four. Uh, so yeah, pretty good select. Excuse me, pretty good selection there. I think this is both physical and digital. Um, so that's that, that's cool because uh, again, I would buy them all digital. So yeah. Okay, um, I think this is the uh, the last thing. I, I this is not even really. I just kind of wanted to like go back to this a little bit. Whoa. Um, <laughs> That, that Jedi Fallen Order uh, announcement, <laughs> I, I just can't stop thinking about how poorly that was handled. Like I, I, I don't know. We, it we was don't so talk strange. About it. it was just bad, right? It was so strange. Uh, yeah. Andrea did, her, Andrea did her darnest there, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. An- Andrea did everything she could to make it interesting, and it was just like... But it was just like weird. Like, hey, I'm with that guy working on the Star Wars game. What is that? It's like, it's almost like... Those two were like meeting as friends at a coffee shop. Like, hey, can you tell me a right. little bit about that Star Wars game? Yeah, I don't have any of the pictures with me here now, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell but you about it. The name is Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, okay. And here's what that's it's about. Here's that sounds fun. Play. No, it's not fun. It's very dark. Oh, okay. Oh. Are you all right, man? <laughs> um, like, yeah, that's what it, it was just so strange. And it, it I, I guess, I mean, my understanding going into to E3 was. It was Respawn wanted to like announce Titanfall 3, I thought. I thought they were bugging EA about that. Like That was my understanding. I'd heard that here and there from people. Uh, maybe it was this game all along, but maybe they're just like, no, we, we can talk about a Star Wars game. How about how about you come up and talk about Jedi Fallen Order? It's like, well, we don't have time to put anything together for that. Um, okay, what if we just have Andre ask about it on the audience and you say the name? Okay, I guess. And it's like, how did... Okay, I guess. Yeah. yeah how they did... must be thought of that week. Yeah, like, I mean, honestly, it sounds like maybe it was just happening up until the night before. Like, they weren't even, like, they just kind of put it together last second. I mean, because, like, the tweet went out the day before, and he's like, oh, I finally convinced uh, 
uh, Andrea to like, or Andrea's like trying to get this out of me. And it just sounds like maybe they decided it that day. Uh, cause that's what it came across. Like, so I, I don't know. I'm just, I keep thinking about it as one of the weird moments that we will probably remember as a weird moment. It was a weird moment. It wasn't, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a super weird or awkward moment. No, like, no. Almost at that time, I was like, oh yeah, they're saying something about that game. Then right. you think about it, you're like, why did they do that? Yeah. Especially like when everyone else did similar stuff, but they had like a logo and they came yeah, on the stage like and they and they had they they knew what to say about the game right. to make sure people kind of understood like, what they're going for. This game is going to come out before Elder Scrolls Six, right? But Elder Scrolls Six, yeah, has a thing, you know? Right, exactly, yeah. And it's just like okay, and people are very. No one's mad about that Elder Scrolls Six announcement. Everyone's like, Ew. yeah, this is great. This I love this. This is exactly what I wanted. Um, so like there was a way to do it, and they just they missed it. I don't know. I just wanted to talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, it was uh, strange. It was worth talking about. Yeah. Uh, any anything else from like the last week, uh, E3 that you want to like touch on at all anymore, Mike? I think because after this, we're gonna put that to bed probably. And I don't know. I didn't move talk about our your, lives. What'd you do your last day there? Because I was I was there. You know what? Yeah. I watched I watched some wrestlers play Street Fighter Five, and that was great. Yeah. How, yeah. How, tell me about that. I was excited to like uh, try to check that out, but I ended up actually. Yeah, it was awesome. So it was Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, and they're from New Japan Ring of Honor. Right. So like kind of these, yeah. And then they fought the New Day, which are like straight up WWE. And they kind of had this feud going on, like their like social media things about Street Fighter Five. Uh, the one guy Xavier was in WWE has a gaming show called Up Up Down Down, and they played there. Right. So it's like the tournament, right? It was fun because it was like they're kind of treating it like a wrestling thing with like they're talking smack and all this stuff, and they're posturing for the crowd. There was a pretty big crowd gathered there. Too. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. lots of overlap between video games and wrestling. Right. But it was a super fun thing. I, I just enjoyed Capcom's booth so much, man. Like this year, mm-hmm. they had all the Mega Man stuff, the Resident Evil. They were stuff fun. Was great. I, I think they had the best looking booth. Um, yeah. and not just the Resident Evil stuff either. The Mega Man wall, the timeline oh, looked yeah. very nice. I, li- I liked it all. Yeah. I mean, oh, did you get a chance to play Mega Man 11? No, I went over there. I, I, I emailed the night before and I didn't get a response all day. And then I kind of went over there and I said, hey, can I get in there? And I, I think I told you about this. Like I gave him my my card uh, when they asked for it. And I, I was just like, I was pro- polite about it. I'm like, Hey, yeah, that'd be great. That's right. Yeah. And, and she was like, okay, well, I mean, you might have a better chance of getting in than other people. And it was very much like, I think people had been, people like, being jerks. Yeah. Uh, but still didn't help me. I still didn't get in. So, Ooh. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was fine. It, uh, you had seen it. So I wasn't like, I have to get in yeah, there. Yeah. I kind of just wanted you to. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to for sure. Cause I wanted to talk to you about both those games, but, uh, is, is there, I guess, is there anything else like you're upset you didn't get to see? No, it was really just those two, honestly. It was Resident Evil 2 and Mega Man 11. I think everyone, everything else I wanted to see, I saw. Um, yeah, I, I, there wasn't anything I missed. I, I was thinking about that the other day. Um, I did get to, get into Hitman 2, and um, I, I, while I was there, I played DC, Lego, Super Villains, whatever that was. You know, that's one of those games. But the Hitman 2 was really fun. Uh, the big difference was is they really amped up the crowd tech. So... There's a lot more people and the line of sight really works. So if you get in the crowd and you could put like a few people between you and the person that would recognize that you're not supposed to be where you're at, uh, they won't see you and you could sort of just sneak through them and kind of get around in a, in a way that old or at least 2016 Hitman didn't really enable you to do so. Um, if there was a person standing in a hallway, uh, you would have to take that person out or you'd have to wait for them to turn around and maybe go in another direction. But if they were just standing there or they were just walking back and forth, you were going to have to deal with them one way or the other. 
with the crowd system, you can sort of scoot around them in a way that is uh, much more, it opens the levels up a lot more uh, and enables you to take certain costumes that were uh, more, uh, you know, a lot more glaring that you were uh, you know, out of place. Um, you know, th- th- you could take one of those and get into places you weren't supposed to be a little bit more easier, uh, a little bit more easily. And I think that's going to be kind of, uh, it's going to be really interesting. It's going to open up those, uh, those levels a ton. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, that gameplay is up on our website, youtube.com slash VentureBeat and GameSpeed.com. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much it, though, Mike. Why don't we wrap up the podcast? Let's do it. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to tell everybody where they can find us on the internet. No, actually, why don't you start, Mike? You tell okay. everybody where they can find you. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Tolkoto. It's T-O-L-K-O-T-O. Um, always writing on GamesBeat, and I also do the Exploding Barrel podcast with my brother every week at ebpodcast.com. I, I don't know when you did this. You might have done this weeks ago. Uh, uh, I think Does it say Jeff Itis or Jeff Tits on Twitter? Oh, man, I'm Jeff Tits on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I don't know I if I'm allowed to say this a while ago. Yeah, it is Jeff Tits. Yeah, I did, yeah. I did a couple. Yeah, I don't remember ago. this. Yeah, You're just now uh, catching I'm up. actually Jeff Grubb on Twitter. Uh, I'm a very appropriate boy. Uh, you can get uh, videos YouTube.com/slash Jeff Grubb, Twitch.tv slash Jeffrey Grubb. I've been streaming there this week uh, quite a bit. Um, I, I think I'm going to stream that Blade Runner ni- the 1997 click like point and click adventure thing. Um, wrote about that because of Cyberpunk 2077. That went up today, so check that out if you can. That, oh, you, can um, you can write a retro beat story for me. I, I could, yeah. Wow, I, I'm definitely. I think I'm definitely going to play it, but I'll, I'll see about. I'll see about streaming it. Um, it might be kind of tough because it's not supposed to run on Windows 10, and it's really disappointing because that game, uh, the source code's been lost, so it doesn't sound like it's ever going to come out again. Um, it's it's in like that weird Panzer Dragoon Saga. A hell zone where everyone wants it, but well, not not everyone wants Blade Runner. Cause a few people remember that, but um, the p- people that do really want it. Um, so yeah, it's a bummer. But I'm gonna try to get it up and running and play through it. So yeah, uh, I think that's gonna do it for us. We'll be back next week. Uh, until then, what do we always tell everybody, Mike? Cats. Something about cats. Is that I the thing? So. You tried to that make was, that a thing? I think I tried to make that a thing. Cats are like, good boys. And I was like, no, that's not a thing. Yeah. What do we tell them? I don't think we ever say anything. I'm, we should... Go away. Leave us alone. Go away. Get out of here. Yeah. That's it. The end <laughs> Go of the podcast. Away. Bye. <laughs> That's our sign off. Bye, everybody. We hate you. <laughs>